Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We don't have turds on this team. It's time for What Mark Heard, a rundown of the best sound coming out of Hallis Hall this week on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. <laughs> Indeed. Thank God Mark's not stupid. We got the rest of us going on. How, by the way, Mark has... How's Dave the Cat doing manning the phones on any breaking phone calls? Well, this is pretty perfect. Dave the Cat is fast asleep sitting next to me on my couch here at home. So that tells you how the phones are. He wakes up if the phones ring. So in other words, the phones have not rung as of yet. All righty then. Should there be a breaking phone call, Dave the Cat will answer the phone, and Dave the Cat will hit the breaking phone call sounder, and we will all spring to spring into action. For now, we are here at the nearly award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. And Mark, what did you heard? And so for people, so you know, the, the intro is a little bit misleading because I did not step foot in Hallis Hall this week. So the the stuff that I heard throughout the non-bear season is just everything that I've heard. So I, I, I keep my ears to the bears during bear season, but I am everywhere when it's not bear season. However, we're going to start with the bears. And <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Dunn is a writer for GoLongTD.com. He has written an article about Allen Robinson with some quotes from Allen Robinson. And Tyler Dunn was on the Mully and Haw show this week. For a little bit of background, obviously decision time is coming on whether or not the Bears will put the franchise tag on Allen Robinson or give him a contract extension. And the indication from the article by Tyler Dunn was that, you know, if, if he, he doesn't think that Allen Robinson is going to be a Chicago Bear next year. So that would mean the Bears are just going to let him go, which is really hard to believe. So the question is to Tyler Dunn, if Allen Robinson is given the franchise tag, which he has indicated, Robinson, he does not want, would there be, will he push back at the Bears? Here's Tyler Dunn. You know, I would definitely be speculating to a degree. He wasn't ready to extend the conversation to that point because even though I think everybody kind of expects that to happen, um, it hasn't happened yet. What he did say 
when I asked him, like, are you going to kind of follow the path of these other guys, right? The Deshaun Watson, Stephon Diggs, Jamal Adams. I mean, they have really vocalized their desire to, to want out and get a trade. I mean, Allen Robinson did it, but it was like a day, right? He took the stuff down and then he played the next week. I, I think, you know, if it gets to that point, yeah, like like you said, that's definitely an option. I, I think that that's probably what they would do, right? They would, they would really want to want that trade, vocalize that they want that trade. And if, if you're the Bears, I mean, I, uh, are you? What are you going to do? Are you going to you're going to force him to play? I, I if push came to shove. I guess we see what Allen Robinson does week one, but I think it just kind of at this point that that relationship and where it's at, it would benefit everybody um, for that trade to happen. Yeah, I mean, it would not benefit everybody. It would benefit Allen Robinson, and I will defend the Bears on this one that the franchise tag exists for a reason. It is a tool that teams use and should use, and I think that that is their best option, and I love Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson's the number one who deserves gold, but to say just let him go to let him go, I think it would be a big mistake to trade him. I balance this out by looking at, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs were an excellent example. They have better weapons than, there was, you know, Tyreek Hill, there's Travis Kelsey, but they have better weapons than the Bears. And how'd that work out without an offensive line that could block properly? Hmm. That could block what you saw coming, that could give the quarterback time to find it. Now, that was a quarterback whose incredible elusiveness, even despite needing toe surgery, was was on full display. He was making some plays that or throws like how could he even get that off? But which is not the game plan. And again, I'm I'm talking about building from from on your way out, from out from the ball out. So I understand what they're doing. I don't and their salary cap is there. They appear to be tied against it. Now you can, you know, get rid of a bunch of people and figure that out. What way do you think they go? How who who do they sacrifice? What do you think they sacrifice in tagging him in making room for that money, Mark? What do they sacrifice? I well, mean, yeah. they sacrifice I mean, for you... I guess they they sacrifice I mean, if they're ta- are you saying like from a non-football standpoint like a relationship or no, other potential roster roster what are they what are well, they, they don't i don't think that they don't sacrifice a lot if they put the franchise tag on them they fr- they sacrifice a lot if they give him the the extension that he wants right i mean if they give him yeah. if they give him 60 million dollars or a three-year deal that, that's when they are avoiding the rest of the issues and tightening up like if you want to talk about the offensive line or other people who can catch the football other than Allen robinson you know, there there are areas that need tightening up on the Bears' defense as well. So if you were to give the full money, the, let's just call it the max, to Allen Robinson, that's when you're sacrificing. Obviously, you're giving away a big chunk of change for one year on the franchise tag, but that would be smarter than giving up the gold. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be thrown to him, Mark? Or is that coming up in what we Yeah, that's no, no. Let's let's do that now because <laughs> there there was no good cut. Honestly, no, no. There was no great uh, cut to a company that this week because everything was about Carson Wentz. So yeah, let's talk about that. And this is this will be the next item in what Mark heard because as we all know, Carson Wentz is is gone to the Indianapolis Colts for a relatively reasonable 
price, depending on whom you talk to or what the damage was done with Carson Wentz and what they gave up to get him in the first place. But that's another whole discussion. Um, so who's next? So next on the list, man, I mean, it's, it's getting to the point where people like Jameis Winston start to look better. You know, the name Sam Darnold has come up. I don't think that Sam Darnold is a risk you can afford to take just because he he may be no better than Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I start all these conversations with, is he better than what you have? Carson Wentz was better than what the Bears had, so I was pro-Carson Wentz. Is, is Sam Darnold better than what the Bears have? No, you can't say that as a slam dunk. Is Jamin Win- Jameis Winston better than what the Bears have? Huh. My answer to that is I think he's better, but that's not good enough. So it puts the Bears in a precarious situation. I think the number one guy right now is Nick Foles and hoping that what he did last year was an outlier and that he doesn't suck as bad as he showed last year and that he is what they thought he was going to be when he came in and did what he did against Atlanta. So it's a tough call. And then I got a list sitting here in front of me of about 20 free agents, and you don't want to hear that list. (laughs) Yes, I do. Let's You do? do? You want to hear it? Yeah, because... This is what you're talking about, and these are the. This is part of the pool. It's not the entire pool. There are there are trades where you wait till a guy's going to get cut, and you don't have to pay in in draft capital or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, this is what we're right. we're looking at. And, and instead of are they better than Mitchell Trubisky? Are they better than Nick Foles? Because he's the one who's under contract. Do you want to do it, and you could just tell me if they're better than Nick Foles? And I'll go one by or one, or do you want me to just read the whole list? Yeah, like, okay, here we go. Ready? Here we go. Jacoby Brissett. Wow. I I like what he, (laughs) you know, a guy, a guy Belichick got rid of. I probably don't like him. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the same placeholder as Nick Foles. So I don't want to pay him money. I don't want to do that. I'm looking at, see, I'm looking at Nick Foles as a placeholder that, that I want to commend Ryan Pace for, for a spasm of discipline and not bidding against himself to overpay for Carson Wentz, which I fully expected him to do, and this to be a miserable show this week and devolve into a miserable season. And I'm, I'm hopeful now that Nick Foles is that placeholder. You've already committed money to him. He's going to be our guy, and we're going to rebuild the offensive line. That's what I want to see. I'm, I may be giving Ryan Pace too much credit for thinking – like a normal GM should, like a normal team builder should. And one of the reasons, you know, we don't know how long his contract is, right, Mark? It's been asked. It has not been answered. And the reason why has nothing to do with media or Bears fans. We don't matter. Bears fans, you don't matter to to Bears management. And they're actually making a smart move. They're not telling other GMs how much longer Ryan Pace has and whether this is a win or now year. We've criticized it or characterized it that way. It seems to be that based on that defense, but it may not be true. And there's no reason to give any other GM a feeling that he can close in on Ryan Pace because Ryan Pace is desperate. He might not be desperate. There's a really good reason for not telling anybody what Ryan Pace's contract status is. It's you're playing poker, and I think it's a really good poker move. As frustrating it is, for as frustrating as it might be for you and me and Bears fans. Yep. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
has started for eight teams during a 16-year career. And I do think, actually... He's the, he's the Edwin Jackson of quarterbacks. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> he is the Edwin Jackson. Yeah, but he has not had a nine-walk no-hitter. So that's something for Ryan Fitzpatrick to okay. consider in his life. All right, yeah, you ready Jameis Winston had the nine-pick no-hitter, though, right? No, I'm moving right along. Yeah, yeah, because ja- yeah, ja- Jameis Winston... That's the thing about Jameis Winston, and we can talk about him now, too. Winston did have a year where, yes, he had 30 interceptions, but he also had 33 touchdown passes, which was pretty awesome as well. So you talk about a guy, a conflicted guy. Like, that that just shows that the talent is – like, you could see why he was drafted where he was and why the Saints may just go with Jameis Winston there because you feel like there could still be good in him. But I can't, I can't say – you know, my my essential competency, I can't say that Winston is better than what you have. Can you? No, I think he's more he's more more dangerous. I know that he can throw from the pocket and Mitch can't, but the problem is he can throw to both teams from the pocket, and that's really that's ball security is an issue with him. Has yep. been. So All right. Okay. All right, Tyrod Taylor. No. Nope. AJ McCarron. No, I never nope. got him to start with. Yep. Andy Dalton. You know what? He's just a placeholder. Right. He's full, he folds is better. Folds is yeah. better, right? You're Would you say? Pay- yeah, I think so. I yeah. Think so. Or or the same. Or the same. Um, probably Dalton can move a little bit better. But we could say that about most of the people on this list the at this point. Red Rifle. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say this name, and then we're going to move on. But Colt McCoy. My goodness. Yeah, Colt McCoy. <laughs> Um, I it's you almost say Jay Cutler because he's available too. Yeah, he might be. That might be the answer. RG three still plays, but he's not the answer. I don't need your answer on that one. I don't think. Okay. Um, Matt Barkley, nah. Um, Didn't we Knight, see that Nate, already? Huh? Yeah, we did. Didn't we, see we did. Matt Barkley we did. Experience. Yeah. We did. Nate Sudfeld. That used to be a fun name to throw around, but probably a no. Um, Cam Newton, nah. Joe Flacco. What do you think about Joe Flacco? No. Repetition. That's it. Um, oh boy, here we go. Joe Next Flacco column. had his had his you know his, that was this kind of a what a Forrest Gump moment. A, he had the Zelig moment. That's what he did. Yes. Pick the pick the one year, the one postseason to do that, and and have a Denver Bronco cornerback just completely screw it up, or otherwise it never happens. Moving how about right how about Mike Glennon? <laughs> He's available. <sighs> Oh, I love the way you do stand-up comedy. Okay. Yes, yes. Geno Smith still plays. Is he still playing? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> He's going to be that guy in 10 years who's going to be a third-string quarterback making, you know, Chase Daniel money, right? Like, a lot of these guys, a lot of these, like, this whole list, these are all going to be, like, those those guys that we are always amazed by, that, oh, my God, he's still playing and he's making money. Jonathan Quinn and Chase Daniel, like, these are the guys. These are the guys that we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, Geno Smith's Geno still there. Smith? Uh-huh. But he's the guy whose own guy broke his jaw, right? Didn't his, his teammate break his jaw? Oh, God, that's right. Okay, moving that right stimulated. Along. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't think I know. So. That's why. That's why it's like I'm not going to read this list, but you made me do it. So here we go. Yes. A few more. Blaine Gabbert. No. no. Brian why? Hoyer. Didn't we have that experience? We too? did that. We did that. We could move along. This is a Blake Hoyer Bortles. Town. Blake Bortles meet Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, that'll keep Alan Robinson around. 
Okay. Um, C.J. Bethard. Who? The old Iowa Hawkeyes quarterback. Wasn't he Iowa? I don't know. No, I'm passing. I've not heard of him. I don't know. He's just good enough. And I and I'm guessing you don't have a lot of intel on either Sean Minion or Brandon Allen. Would that be correct? I know we need ten Jews to get a Minion, and that's what I know. Um, <laughs> and and what was the other name? Uh, Brandon Brad, Allen. Brad Muster. Brad Muster. Yes, number yeah. twenty-five. Okay. Um, and then there are five more. Ready? Here we go. Because and then you could tell me if there's I'm gonna read them and then you can give me a collective well, yes or a collective yard, no. We've gone to the ultimate garage sale, haven't we? Hey man, these guys are gonna be money. They're they available. Are be taking, yeah. Yep. Nick Mullins, Jake Rudock, Kyle Allen. Did I say him already? Maybe I did. Tim Boyle and old Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Who? Yep. Wasn't the Joe Webb? Wasn't that the guy who played when? Oh, when wait a Corey minute. Wooten broke broke uh Oh my career. god. Wasn't it wait Joe Webb? Minute. Wait a minute. I'm googling right now here. Let's see. Um <laughs> Joe Webb, he is 34, so he's he could have well, no. I don't Is that him? No. He played for the there was a right? Didn't Joe Webb play for the play for the Vikings? Maybe there was a web. Let me just see here. Let's see if this, if the math would make sense. Um, do, 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 do. He was, okay, so he was drafted by the Vikings in 2010. What was Favre's, was Favre still playing then? Yeah, right? No? Bears? Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also doing the Google. Yeah, Brett Favre. He was, Brett Favre was 41 when Joe Webb, was 24. Brett Favre okay. started 13 games. Joe Webb started okay. five, and Tavares Jackson started three. Oh my God, that's that's so good. <laughs> All right, so Joe Webb is our guy. The Bears should sign Joe Webb. God, this is awful. Did you see this the investigating just, that's we just why, did? That's why you stick. Look, you have no choice but to stick with Nick Foles. Maybe maybe is a desperation year. Maybe what's going on. Maybe really, you know, Pace has one year to prove it, and and then everything changes. But the the I remain unmoved in believing that Nick Foles should be your quarterback. Your first two picks should be offensive linemen, and that's the that's where you go. If there is a star wide receiver hanging out, that's fine. I'm not. I I my offensive line comes before Allen Robinson. However, they want to jerk around the money if they keep everything their draft capital and they can get rid of the detritus on the roster and they can afford Allen Robinson and Nick Foles is going to be there anyways and you improve your offensive line I'm all in favor of having Nick Foles be behind an offensive line that includes a rookie or two you're getting James Daniels back right shouldn't he be back yeah he'll be back okay I, I, that's, I'd much rather do it that way. I have no idea what pressure Ryan Pace is under, and that's exactly why they won't tell you what his contract status is. So you're not going to get somebody somebody running the Joe Webbs of the world at you. Say, hey, Ryan, what do you think of this? Hey, two for a quarter. So, no, it's not. So that's why, that's why I feel the way I feel. I'd rather see the offensive line get better and go from there. You know, somebody brought up Colin Kaepernick, and that's, that's fine. I wonder if, though, 10 years from now, this is it's going to be the same thing. What about Colin Kaepernick? 
What about Colin? Is he still available? Yeah. Like, there will come a day when Colin Kaepernick will not be capable of playing quarterback anymore. But I don't even know. I haven't heard anything about Kaepernick from him or about him, if he still even wants to play football or how teams, if things change with Kaepernick. I don't know. No, I don't I, I don't either. So yeah, let's really take don't, a break. Right? We'll come back with more. There is more of what Mark heard, our near yeah. award-winning segment. And so let's take a break here. And uh, we'll come back with that, and maybe it'll, it'll be, it will be less miserable than looking at the quarterback free agent list. Please, Mark, it, will it be less miserable, whatever you heard, than the list you just read to us? It will be, and let, for the record, you wanted to hear the list. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll take the play. I'll wear that one. I'll take All the right. hit, buddy. Well, look, there's nothing that says Saturday suckage like that free agent list that you just read. So you know what you have in this radio show. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? We do. We just read a list of the pre-aging quarterbacks out there. Oof. Even Trash Panda chimed in on the tweeter machine that that he's hating life and that we suck and that's Saturday suckage which it is welcome in welcome back we're doing what Mark heard and we are moving into the second segment what did Mark hear Mark yes now that we have cleaned our palates during the break from the list of free agent quarterbacks (laughs) and and by the way if you missed it we settled on Joe Webb who was once the backup for Brett Favre and knocked out of the game by Corey Wooten. And uh, there was Joe Webb to save the day or not. Yes. Um, All right. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, and it pertains to the Cubs. And we were talking about the core of the Cubs and, you know, whether if, if they play to the back of their baseball cards and maybe there is still life and good left in the Cubs core. But Jed Hoyer, who was on the score, said the hardest decision as an exec is when to when to stick with his team. Here is Hoyer. In an ideal world, we would perform really well, and we would be on the you know be on the buy side of the deadline and be and be focused you know, t- you know on, on maximizing twenty one. You know, but I, I think you know, that that's the best scenario if, if you know if we struggle or or, or for. You know, not in the in, in the race to win the division. Then we have to we have to think about different things. And I, I've said a number of times. I think that's that's one of the hardest decisions that uh, a president or GM has to make is is when to when to, to to stick with this team, when to push in on this team, and then when to to think about the future. And I think yeah, obviously the team's performance and, and the standings are going to determine that. But it, it it is a difficult decision, but it's it's a critically important one. To fill in a blank, too, this should have also included the fact that he was talking about the the trade deadline and whether or not he makes a move at it. And I guess my question would be to you is, is there anybody in the Cubs core, on the Cubs core, around whom you still build a team? And I'm talking about Baez, Rizzo, Chris Bryant, or Wilson Contreras. Is there anybody left who, I guess another way to put it, is there anybody that is untouchable at this point? My answer is no. No, I, I can't I can't see it, but the, the Cubs are doing a Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts and Crane Kenny, and they're all doing a good job of muddling everything. 
because they, you know, they sold, they gave away, they had the yard sale for you, Darvish. So, <clears throat> so you, you, there's your white flag. Oh no, it's not a white flag. Look, we got back this guy who could pitch maybe, and we got three kids who need, you know, work permits. We need to have their parents sign these work permits so they can come <laughs> to the majors or whatever it is. And oh. and then no, we can compete here. We can do this because look at our lineup. What if it turns around? Right, I guess if it turns around, you're going to trade them. So they've, they're gaslighting, they're muddying, muddying up all of the discussion. They're leaving, they're leaving your head spinning a little bit. Do you have? I don't do know. know. Like I don't know if they're. Ga- I, don't, I, I don't know that. I understand why you say they're gaslighting. I do because they have said, yeah, we can still compete in this division, and it's because, as I laid out earlier, it's because. They need people. They need you know butts in the seats once they allow for that again. But it's pretty obvious that when they trade you, Darvish, I don't think that to say a whole lot. You know what I mean? That when you give away your trade, your best asset in you, Darvish, a ace starting pitcher, doesn't that say everything without actually having to say it? I mean, Jed Hoyer could stand up there and just be like, do, do I really need to say anything here? I mean, you guys see what we just did, right? We just traded the runner-up for Cy Young in the National League. I mean, doesn't can't we all read between the lines? And could Jed Hoyer be saying, folks, I'm going to say what I'm saying, but I know that you know that I'm lying. Well, the they're not being transparent in their line. They're not, they, that's not a truth that Jed could say, or he would have said it. I mean, Jed's, Jed and Theo were as, as straightforward, I think, as they could be, as candid as they could be. And you got Tom Ricketts in November saying, I don't think anybody's tearing anything down. And the next thing you know, Darvish is getting sold. And, and that is and a tear just, down. That is a tear. That's really, that, right, that's, right. So that's it, still it what the Cubs obvious. are. Right. And that's, it what, seems, that's what they are. They are the they team that traded you, Darvish, until further notice. Right, and that's so that would seem to be a white flag, and yet they say no, it's not a white flag. It's this, and David Ross is telling you these guys play to the back of their baseball cards, and if if if. So they're like I said, they're maybe gaslighting. I don't think gaslighting is too strong. They're just everybody's got a different story, and they're tap dancing, and then nobody has any idea what the truth is. They're they're what they're attempting to do and they're trying to thread a particularly precarious needle for what point you made about they can't if they ever let fans back this year they want the fans money coming back but i i where would they get where's the focus group that told them that cubs fans have changed forever that they won't buy a product they've been honestly told about because that's what you're saying mark that's what you're saying they're doing this they're they're obfuscating. They're they're telling these stories and they're going back and forth, and you don't know what's truth, what's a lie. They're doing this because they don't want fans to feel like they've given up, so they right. think they can compete this way. But but is has there been a focus group or is this just simply a fear, much like the ridiculous fear that the Blackhawks that Bill Wirtz always yeah. held that if you put the game on television, nobody will come. Then no, if you put the games on television, then people get to see what it's like when you cheer for a Blackhawks goal, and they'll want to be a part of it. So if you told Cub fans the truth, the Cub fans can't handle the truth. It's a great question. I don't know. I, I I feel like they they fear that because of what the what Cubs fans had to endure, 
in the the teardown as as recently as 2014 could they handle hearing that again and because the new precedent has been set and it has been set at winning and not being a loser organization as the cubs were for years and years and years before theo epstein you know the mentality it has and we've talked about this before the mentality of the cubs fan has changed over the years like i always say it greed is good when it comes to cubs fans like i like the fact that they're that they're pissed when their team that they're not just happy when the team makes the playoffs anymore when they get eliminated in the first round they're angry and they want to tear it down so so i and i just use the word tear it down i don't know <laughs> I, I honestly don't know if fans could handle hearing that i think they would still go to them i think that wrigley field is still enough of attraction and you are in a in a position now because of the pandemic where once we are free to go about our lives again going to baseball games in the summer is probably going to be something that everybody's going to run and do for at least a year so but i don't know steve i don't know how to answer that question i guess we'd have to hear from cubs fans like if you would be down with the cubs being transparent and saying or just doing it are you cool with the cubs tearing it down and rebuilding again or would it be like dude we just did this yeah and it worked they, we just did this and we won a world <laughs> series true. but but the other thing is that this is that um Kent, Kent kenny was on the score when uh it was announced the the extension of cubs baseball broadcast on the score was announced he was with molly and haw i believe that morning they made the announcement and that's terrific as you know cubs broadcasts on the score are a wonderful thing and they they are um, a tremendous amount of entertainment and especially more entertaining when the team wins but when faced with questions about trades the roster what are you doing and 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 how can cub fans put this all together crane kenny made the point of we were in the, you know we're among the highest in salaries and over the luxury tax and seemed to be making the point the subtext was okay we did it a couple years and my question would be why can't you do it every year you're billion isn't that how billionaires should act isn't that what they should do that's what money is for when you buy a team that's the way the Ricketts acted instead I think the baseball team is being leveraged against real estate purchases and upgrades that didn't match that that divert are diverting money from the roster now i don't see why you can't have that kind of you can't be the yankees every year i don't see why you can't be the dodgers every year i don't look you're a billionaire act like one and he's not i'm with you i'm with you and that's where that's where i think this i don't know if it's hypocrisy or lying or lack of transparency or gaslighting but it Mark, we can't connect these dots, can we? <laughs> yeah, you're the dot connector. I have nothing and I can't. to do with. Yeah, I know, and that is, that's a that's a rough moment right here in your career. That if Steve Rosenblum can't connect dots, yeah, it's over. It All it right. is an issue. So and I'm sure you win we the still conversation. have. Do we still have more of Mark, what Mark heard? Well, I had one more couple. We kind of talked about it, and it was Kyle Hendricks, um, and it was about the the soft tossing staff. But we no, covered no, no. that. No, no, no. I would like. To, you want to hear it? Yeah. What I'd like to do is take a break, and okay. we will have made what Mark heard the entire hour because wow, it's but it's great because 
these are all the topics, things, it's, you know, sort of best of, best of the topics, best of the score. I love this. So awesome. we will we will close out this hour after this break with Kyle Hendricks, the the 88 mile an hour throwing ace. And that's okay. It reminds me of in the 1970s, I think it was a 76 all-star game, 75 all-star game. Randy Johnson used to could was the one of the guys who could not break a pane of glass. San Diego Padres pitcher, left-handed pitcher. Um, you could see the the golden curl sticking out from under his hat, and he would win a Cy Young award, and he made the All-Star team. And Walter Alston, the manager of the of the NL All-Stars was unaware of the guy's name. He calls down from the dugout and s- calls to the bullpen and says, get me that little curly-headed kid who throws strikes. That's awesome. Wait, That's did, you say, Randy, did you say Randy Johnson? No, Randy Jones. I, I should not oh. have said Randy Johnson. Randy okay. Jo- uh, Randy you had me all sorts of kinds of confused. No, so like, wait. Okay. Yeah, I think you no. said Randy Johnson. I, that's what I heard. Did I really? Oh, you I'm might have. Gary Crochet. Oh my God! What a uh, what a what a horrible thing. Yeah. Um, no. But okay. Now was, I got gotcha. you. He would be the opposite. He would be the <laughs> opposite of Randy Jones, because Randy Randy Jones is the opposite of Randy Johnson. Oh yes. my God, this is so crazy. Okay, I need The whole to stop story talking. is blown now. The whole story I mean, is blown. I need yeah. to stop talking. Give me that cur- little curly little little curly-headed kid who throws strikes. So, that's that's <laughs> Try that's again where later. The Cubs are. Yeah, all right. Yeah. We'll take a break. We come back. This is indubitably Saturday Suckage. Chicago oh, Sports Radio 670 the score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. This is the place to do it. This is Saturday Suckage. WB Club will be meeting next hour as we do What Are You Doing, Wagner, our near award-winning segment. But for now, our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard, in its third segment of that segment. There we go. Let's do that segment. As, I love it, man. I love it. And your, by the way, coming in. Chance the Rapper would say. Yep. Yeah, that's right. My guy, my neighbor, Chance your the Rapper. Your neighbor, yeah. To, yeah I, I ran into him. Um, but it wasn't. Uh, the last time I ran into Chance the Rapper, the weather was warm and we were out in front of a grocery store and there he was with his beautiful girlfriend and child and it, he was very nice and cordial and um, I'm trying to get him on the show. So hopefully Chance the Rapper will join us. He's a Bears fan so and he, he digs the score. So, uh, But anyway, we um, need to continue. Oh, oh, on what are you doing, Wagner, too? I just got an email from Toby, so I will share that. With of you, of course you did. I've received an email, it's, and the, it it is right. very interesting. It will discourage. It might actually, it's going to discourage you and and Brandon. So you guys are going to have to be ready. Anyway, what Mark heard. The the next thing I wanted to go to was Kyle Hendricks, who was on the score with Parkins and Spiegel. Takes me a second to get that out of my mouth correctly. And we discussed it a little bit earlier, but the Cubs rotation with 
Kyle Hendricks leading it is not one that you would say is um, over the speed limit in any way, shape, or form as far as miles per hour is concerned. Mm -hmm. How are you guys going to get away with all this soft tossing, Kyle Hendricks? Here's Kyle. You know what? I think uh, we're going to have to intimidate people in the strike zone. You know, when when you start breaking bats and uh, when someone is 0 for 3 and they look up and you've only touched 86, you know, it starts to get in their head a little bit. So I think at the end of the day, if we just focus on getting outs and making pitches, that's the name of the game anyway, you know. So it's it's a good thing for us that velocity doesn't win games. Um, I'm really excited about the group we got, honestly. It's, it's like you said, a bunch of guys that can pitch, change speeds, move the ball around. Uh, but we all bring a little something different, you know. So, But at the end of the day, each one of these guys wants to win and they compete out there. And I've seen that from the other side. So it's just really going to be fun to get to know these guys, learn from them, you know, hopefully um, build that camaraderie, you know, and have that, have that end goal in mind where we want to be at the end of the year. Velocity usually does win you games. And Kyle Hendricks is one of those rare few, especially in this era, and really historically who has been able to win – and perfect the notion of not having a ton of velocity. Can the rest of the staff truly do that? Is that as, as great as it sounds? And it would be wonderful. Is that something that is realistic? If you were any pitcher on that staff and you threw 90 miles an hour and you were in the majors, you were in that rotation, is there any person, is there any better teacher than the professor? Nope. So nope. that's where you go. He's he's the undisputed ace of the rotation. He's this guy who does all this with seemingly so little, but it's not so little because he can think and he can throw. And it reminds me a lot. You have to go back to <clears throat> Frank Castillo sitting next to Greg Maddox and basically Maddox teaching him how to pitch and then calling every one of his pitches and making a major league pitcher out of him. And I'm not, again, I, there's always a temptation of putting Hendricks and Maddox together, and I'm not doing that. I'm using that as a comparison because we've seen this kind of stuff before with the Cubs that every other pitcher knows they can learn something from Kyle Hendricks. And he's not, he's not the outlier on the staff throwing 89. He's everybody on the staff. And, <laughs> and so there's... There's an advantage to groupthink. There probably is a huge bonding factor there. Yeah. Everybody, everybody is brought together, and you know, throwing another log on the fire, and and Kyle Hendricks is going to teach pitching. I, I might be grasping here, but I can see a huge advantage in that because I've seen it with other smart pitchers before, Maddox notably. Yeah, and I just don't know if. <clears throat> I don't know enough about the other guys. I mean, I covered Arietta and Hendricks, but not Alec Mills, nor Alzali, nor Davies. So I don't know if they have the same willingness to put in the work. And they might, they might. But I just know from literally watching Kyle Hendricks sit at a computer and combing over you know, video and and soaking in everything from everybody. Like most pitchers, they will they have one voice they like to hear, typically, or they know what they're doing. Like like John Lester, like the the voice he wanted to hear early when early in his Cubs tenure was that of of David Ross and maybe yeah. a little bit from Chris Basio. Somebody like Kyle Hendricks, 
it's like he's willing to put in the work and go to extremes to get to being where he is. And he's also just at the base of it. The base of Kyle Hendricks is a very smart Dartmouth educated player. So the rest of these guys might be like that too. I don't know, but it takes more than just Kyle Hendricks sitting down with these guys and saying, Oh, here's how you want to attack that. And you might want to come up with this pitch. Like that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, Kyle Hendricks is kind of a, because he's not blessed, he is a, a self-made man. I don't know if, if the rest of these cats have that in them, like it's maximum effort. You know what I mean? Like to get to that, like you really got to work your ass off to, to get to that point. I understand. I understand. I know that so much of pitching as well as hitting um, involves thinking, plotting, planning. And and there's no question. You got to be able to execute these pitches. And that's what has gotten Kyle Hendricks to this point. However, you can always learn from, the, the other pitchers can always learn from how did he do this? What did, maybe they think they've missed steps. Maybe they missed a level. Maybe they missed a lesson. And that's mm-hmm. what I was saying, that suddenly the entire staff, not just one other guy, would be listening because they all got kind of the same stuff. I see that part of the – that potentially helping the learning curve. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, he certainly can't hurt it. There's no doubt. I just – I guess my point is that there's no magical touch no. unless these guys are willing to actually be Kyle Hendricks. One of the things, though, if you do, if you are aggressive in the strike zone, I like the idea of breaking bats. I like the idea of an 86 mile an hour throwing uh, thrower breaking bats. The idea of an 0 for 3, the easy 0 for 3 that we used to hear hockey. I, used to, I hear hawk in my head when I hear easy 0 for 3, and they go, wait, how'd he get me out three times? That kind of thing, but when he's only throwing 86, that kind of stuff. The idea of of being aggressive in the strike zone and making making these guys swing, and then you get a little movement, little late movement, and suddenly they're grounding out, and your defense is solid. Then suddenly these games are moving along really quick. Oh yeah. And that's where, that's where this apparently is headed, and because it's so runs counter to the the fastest way that strikeouts are all about you. That this is this your your entire team's involved in this. I see that as a potential advantage. At some point, the Cubs are have sold that and will sell that again, and and I think that that's a. That I'm willing to buy into. I'm thinking this 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 matters. Yeah, well, and that's where Theo Epstein and others would like to see baseball go anywhere, where contact yeah. returns and it's not the outcome of strikeout, foul balls, things like that. Um, a quick text here. Just tuned in. First story I heard was a disaster. Your show sucks. Longtime listener. Keep it up. <laughs> that's what we do here. Isn't that it? That's a quintessential text to our show right there. Hey, you know, it this sucks, weekend but I love the, it. Yeah, we're used to having outdoor games here in Chicago or the Blackhawks being involved, but this is the this may be some of the most beautiful shots you've ever seen. The first outdoor game was Buffalo-Pittsburgh in Buffalo, and mm-hmm. it started snowing during the shootout when Sidney Crosby won it for the Penguins. It was... Oh, my God, yeah. Have, that is... That's... For the NHL, that's that's Tiger that's Tiger's putt 
flashing Nike and rolling right into the hole, and and then eventually falling into the hole. That's what that was, and all the all the other the Blackhawks Invitational every January playing out. But it is at Lake Tahoe. It's gorgeous. Oh, that's that awesome. I'll turn Edgewood it on. Edgewood Golf Course is where they have that celebrity, the American Century Celebrity Golf Tournament, also known as the Michael Jordan Open. I've never seen a greater number of group of athletes come pay their respects to Michael Jordan than I saw when I was up there <laughs> for that tournament. And this is the 18th hole that they're going to be, they put the rink down on the 18th hole, and it's, it is right at the edge of the lake. And if it weren't frozen, you could take the boat trip around the lake that would get you to Michael Corleone's house, oh. the one from the movie. It's there. It's in it's in Lake Tahoe, and it apparently they'll they'll tell you some stories about the underground tunnels where famous presidents and famous singers would have assignations with other famous women. Oh, that's fantastic! So, Did you cover I, the? Uh... The Blackhawks, Red Wings at Wrigley Field? I did not. I don't, I don't know. I was there. I was there. (laughs) Okay, and give me your impressions. Well, no, what I remember, it it was, it was obviously very novel, but like I may may as well have watched the game on TV because where they had us situated, the media at large, the rank and file, if you weren't working for NBC, was... In the in center field in that little restaurant dugout area, um, and you could just kind of see through the top window, and that was about it. Like you couldn't really see. So like I watched the whole game on a TV monitor. That's what I remember. And, and they had lost. To go to rig- you had to get out and get into the cold at Wrigley to see something you could have seen from that I saw from my couch going, right. hey, that's a pretty cool look. Right, but I could say I was there. Now I could say I was a reporter that was there, and we just had this moment on the score. So it was all worth it. Okay, well, sold. All right, we'll take a break. Yeah. We have um, we have What Are You Doing, Wagner? covers a variety of things, including a score, a, a an anniversary of a terrific movie, and it had a score tie-in that was just oh, phenomenal. Nice. So we'll discuss that, and... Lucas Giolito, he'd be talking stuff. Lucas Giolito has gone, I don't know, we trace, we trace some of this talk, and I'll show you where we trace it to. It's, uh, it's the family business. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.